0: wouldn't do that but she's full of self-confidence but now I'm going to ask Nana to come up here Nana can you come up here take Eddie by the hand now look at that you know there's something about connecting with grandma Nana and walking across the stage it's so much easier you know I like the self-confidence that Eddie has But, wow, when you do this together, it's so much more fun. And, you know, now we're going to join hands. We're really going to connect. And you know what? It's so much fun. See? (laughs) This is the kind of thing you can do. You can just have fun connecting. So, just think. Take this picture, okay? A child leads them okay scripture says something about that to the throne of god to the table whatever it is okay do they understand it all no do i understand it all no but we can go we can come and we can connect together wow so kids let's pray Dear Lord, we just come to you. Lord, we just would like to connect with you as a family. May we do that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: song called God is So Big, uh, and there are actions on there, and in case some of you have forgotten the actions, our praise team right here will uh, remind you exactly what those actions are.
0: Probably should stand if we're going to do I action, think so, Steve. <laughs> yeah,
1: let's stand, please. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. So big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. The mountains are His, the valleys are His, the stars are His. so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. The mountains are His, the valleys are His, the stars are His hand, He too. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do for you.
2: Thanks guys for leading us and Bert for that powerful connecting and community message as well. As mentioned, uh, this morning we will be reading from Ecclesiastes and the passage is from Ecclesiastes 4, 7 through 12 and the title of the sermon is titled Grounds for Community and I trust you'll understand that in a few moments. But before we read, let's come to God in prayer. Father God, you again have blessed us with this time of getting together as your people, as your community, as your church. We thank you for that opportunity. We thank you for your word, and we pray a blessing on the reading this morning, and the preaching, and listening, and the living out of your word. May your Holy Spirit work in each of us to understand what you are speaking to us today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Ecclesiastes 4, 7 through 12 Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, and yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For who am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this morning, as we begin the sermon, we're going to briefly talk about coffee. Coffee is one of those consumed beverages in the world today, or most consumed, rather, in the world today, and it's estimated that there's approximately 2.25 billion cups of coffee prepared per day worldwide. In Canada, 65% of the population drink coffee, and and according to the Coffee Association of Canada, and yes, this is a real non-profit organization, Canadians consume the average of 2.7 cups of coffee per day. Now with COVID-19, this reduced somewhat from what was originally 2.8 cups per day, likely because many people were staying home, and it was more difficult to make your own coffee than run to Tim's or Don's. In Canada, we have several suppliers to our caffeine fix, and one of them, of course, mentioned is Tim Hortons. Another, however, has been making its presence uh, more visible over the years, and that's Starbucks. Starbucks has grown in the past 30 years, and it's increased in market share and even popularity. Now, Starbucks was the, the idea of three young fellas in Seattle, Washington, 1971. It's already 50 years ago. They were inspired by a Dutch uh, coffee lover and businessman, Alfred Peets. And he taught these guys about the best roasted coffee beans. And then the rest just became history. Starbucks began because people love coffee. But Starbucks has not typically encouraged the drive-through approach like Tim Hortons. Starbucks is also often referred to as four bucks, because that's the coffee the cost the coffee this experience will cost you. But Starbucks is not about saving you money, obviously, because Starbucks' emphasis is on community. Leonard Sweet, a pastor and author, he titled his book, The Gospel According to Starbucks Living with a Grande Passion. And Sweet states, and I quote, customers flock to Starbucks not to stand in line so that they can pay three or four bucks for a cup of coffee, but they pay so that they can enjoy the Starbucks experience. The value comes with the experience that surrounds the cup of coffee. Starbucks lovers connect with the warmth of friends as they enjoy the warmth of their favorite drink, end quote. You see, coffee is a communal drink. My wife, Michelle, shares with me her story when her dad was sick with cancer and he died at the age of 45, but before his death, he asked Michelle to be intentional about spending time with her mom, having a coffee. Even though at that time, Michelle didn't even like coffee. But coffee is meant to be shared with others in community. Part of the Starbucks mission statement includes this phrase, when we are fully engaged, we connect with, laugh with, and uplift the lives of our customers, even if just for a few moments. Sure, it starts with the promise of a perfectly made beverage, but our work goes far beyond that. It's really about human connection. End quote. So whether they know it or not, Starbucks has actually borrowed a biblical concept. And that biblical principle is the importance of human connection. And that's what we learned this morning from our passage in Ecclesiastes. We learn the importance of human connection. We learn the importance of relationships. And scripture provides us the grounds for community. Thanks for those who did catch on. Because that title was brewing for some time. Yeah, I filtered through a lot of possibilities. Okay, connection, community. Humanity was not created to be alone. And even in the beginning of Genesis, God states this fact. God is a God of relationships. And he desires that for his people. And this comes clearly through scripture. It comes clearly through this passage of Ecclesiastes 4 this morning. Now, this passage is, is often actually used as a wedding text. And that's fine if it was your wedding text. But this is not a passage, actually, that refers to marriage. I mean, yes, of course. Sure, it's nice when we talk about Jesus as, as being that third strand in our marriage. is important, and he is. But this passage is not necessarily indicating that. This is a passage that simply states everyone needs to be in community. This passage begins with one person. And this one person feels that they, they don't need anybody else. And that they're just better off on their own, even in his misery. And some of us might think that way sometimes too. So, again, this passage begins with one. And the teacher, or the, the writer in Ecclesiastes, we assume is King Solomon, he's talking about how this fellow is alone. And he had no sons, he had no brothers, uh, he had no family. He's just working alone, and he has all this work before him, and it just seems to be such an endless battle while he's on his own. And he just kept working all by himself. He had nobody, and he didn't want anybody. Sure, he had to do all this work on his own, but he also, though, had all the profits to himself. He had all the glory to himself. Look what I did. But because he was so busy... He couldn't even enjoy any of it. There was no time for enjoyment. In fact, in verse eight, it's referred to as a miserable business. Through the book of Ecclesiastes, the author repeats things that are meaningless in life, and being alone is one of these other things that is meaningless under the sun. Now there are some disadvantages, or rather there are some advantages of being alone. This guy in the Bible, he was was independent. He had nobody to hassle him, and he could just keep on working and do whatever he wanted. He could save all his money. He could could have this stack of money at the end of it, and when you're alone, there's actually little chance that you're going to have conflict with yourself. But as we progress in this passage, Solomon quickly moves, stating that two are better than one. If working on your own is a miserable business, as it states, then two are better for working. In a book that talks a lot about things being meaningless in this passage and in this book, here's one thing that's mentioned that's good. In these verses, Solomon's quite positive about two being better than one. It's more enjoyable to have somebody work with you, first of all, the 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 return is often better. In fact, if if two people are enjoying their work together, this may be even more productive than one who doesn't enjoy his work at all. Or maybe even there might be something satisfying knowing that the both of you are hating your work. But Solomon goes beyond employment. He goes, he takes it a next step. And in ancient Israel, people often traveled from one area to another, and they traveled by foot. And this journey could often have lasted several days. And this journey would often be on roads, and many of these roads, they were filled with dangers, and the roads were not paved. They were rough. They were covered with stones. They weren't level at all. And sometimes there were cliffs and deep pits on the side of the road that people could fall into. And these roads would have robbers and and thieves and perhaps even wild animals ready to uh, attack the innocent traveler. So the journey in these ancient times would be difficult and not without its challenges. And when a traveler would come upon these challenges, they then could help each other. They could help each other if one fell. They could keep each other warm on cold nights. They could defend themselves when danger approached. It was God himself that said that two are better than one at the beginning of creation. In Genesis 2.18, we read, the Lord said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. We were created not to be alone. It's so cool that God already knew right from the beginning what would be good for us. Companionship, relationship, connecting, community, a husband, wife, friends, family, church family. Then we move to the latter part of verse 12 where it says a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, not much other than this is really said in this passage about that third person. As mentioned, this verse typically gets used at weddings to indicate how a married couple, when they tie the knot, they include Jesus in their relationship. And Jesus is that third person. He's that third strand. But the purpose of this passage is not talking about community between spouses. It's talking about community amongst ourselves, whether you're married or single. This passage progresses and emphasizes the importance of building community, growing community, It emphasizes the importance of connecting with one another. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. There's strength in community. There's security in community. Community is a blessing to people. Community encourages one another. Community teaches. Community learns. Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered in Jesus' name. He's there. Community automatically includes Jesus. It struck me when... You were doing the children's message, and Addie was walking by herself, and then walking with Nana, Nana. And then, now, if she had tried to swing herself just with Nana, it wouldn't have worked. You would have fallen flat down. But the third person comes in, and then you're able to swing yourself. You can do more with community. At baptism, whether infant or adult, we covenant together to help each other. We covenant to support the family. We, we support the individual. At a wedding, we share the couple's joy. We encourage them that we'll pray for them. At a profession of faith, we encourage mentors and, and people to walk alongside of the children and the youth and young adults and adults. Community offers strength. We are created to be in community with one another. And it's sad when, when we see people break community down because that's not God's intent. So Starbucks knows the importance of community, and people are willing to pay for this big time. In fact, people are often willing to pay just for the idea of it, because not all Starbucks lovers will stay to sit down, but they know that if they want to, they could, even the potential of community. So Starbucks encourages community, the scriptures encourage community. Scripture encourages healthy relationship with God's people, which leads to a growing relationship with God. And the church is the place that emphasizes and encourages community, because that's how we grow, working together as God's people. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen states, An iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Or Hebrews, no pun intended there, but Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, we read, and let's consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Keep getting together in community to encourage and and spur one another on, to grow in our relationships with our Lord and Savior. And yes, you know what? COVID has been a community destroyer. And you know what? Even the vaccine tends to be going somewhat in that direction too. And we have to adapt. We have to adapt sometimes to different means of community. But as restrictions are lessening, and we, can, we have the opportunity to continue to adapt and continue to get together at various opportunities. So this week, take some time. Take some time to reflect on, on how you've stayed connected over this past year with COVID. Probably was different, but I hope you are able to reflect on how you stayed connected. Take some time to reflect on what your intentions to re-engage with community will be in healthy, grace-filled ways. Ask each each other these questions, and perhaps even when your elder connects with you, they may ask you these questions. God's Word, the Bible, will grow our relationship to God. God. But it's not the only blessing that God gives to his people to grow our relationship. We also need each other. We need each other to to grow closer to God. And our relationships blossom and fruit is produced in community. Jesus Christ is proclaimed through scripture. And Jesus Christ is proclaimed in the community of the saints. As we read in 1 John 4, we read, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. We're called to love one another. And when we love one another, we are reflecting God and reflecting his glory to each other and to the rest of the world. We're witness to the world. When we gather as a community of believers, loving God, loving each other, then others will see God in us. And we'll see God in others. We'll learn more and more about God through his word and through his people, through community. We're representatives of Jesus Christ and and we make him known to others and others make him known to us. Through community, we understand more fully about scripture and what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And even the Lord's Supper that we celebrate today, we have that blessing to celebrate it. Lord's Supper, yeah, it's all about Jesus, but it's also done in community. It's about the community. And I hope whether you're here or online, you'll be able to experience the presence and the power of Jesus and the community of the saints. The gospel message will be shared through people gathering in community. Now, we know that in today's age that the gospel message can easily be shared electronically. And and that's a blessing. And community can actually occur somewhat electronically. But the gospel message involves spreading the good news, sharing the good news, loving people, encouraging people. The gospel message is to be lived out. The gospel and, and gathering in community, they go hand in hand together. We profess in the Apostles' Creed that we believe in the community of the saints. And the community of the saints profess in unity the powerful and beautiful name of Jesus. And the community together can share what Jesus has done for us, for his people, for his church, through the death and resurrection, and what he continues to do for us and through us, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, coffee brings people together into community. And Starbucks does it well. But they use a biblical concept in their mission. And we, as a church, need to re-emphasize this biblical concept. God has called us to be in community with one another and to do this well. People need community. And may our church be a safe place for community. May our church be a safe place for even diverse community. May our church be a place where relationships will continue to be established and continue to grow, and we hope to see that not only on Sunday mornings, as important as that is, but throughout the week as we gather in a variety of small groups of all ages, and that's important too, not just with people who are similar to us, because that's easy, but also with people who are different than us and maybe even think differently. May our church be a place where someone who comes for the first time finds community and finds a place to belong. That when it says on on our sign outside that all are welcome, that we really mean that all are welcome. And we live that out, honestly, and and with integrity. This is a time of year that uh, we begin new programs. And perhaps this year, and likely this year, you'll be seeing different groups trying different things, to build community. And there's an opportunity for community for everyone. And so we all have a big role to play, whether maybe you're a leader being asked to to do something or volunteer or or a participant. We're all called to be participants as well and and be involved. May it be a post-COVID resolution that we all encourage one another to participate in community and work together, everybody, to build community. Our church encourages community through group ministries. And each of these groups, yeah, they're for regular attenders, but also for those who may not attend regularly, or maybe they don't attend at all. And we can't assume that everyone knows what's going on when it comes to connecting in community. So it's up to us to to reach out. And maybe due to mobility or health reasons, it's difficult to, to physically gather in a community. Or perhaps there are even mental health reasons that make it difficult. For you to enter into community, but you're still part of the community. And you're still encouraged to seek community in creative ways or, or be the prayer warrior for the community. As a congregation, we've stated that community is important and it's necessary. And so we're being challenged to grow community, to grow in our relationships with one another, to grow in our relationship with our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ and to continue to proclaim Jesus so that others can gather in community as well and grow in their relationship with Jesus too. Amen. Let's pray together. God, your word is clear about gathering as your people, and you give us your word to learn from, but you also give us people to learn from. Bless this church and bless the small groups that are already taking place and and those that are yet to take place. And may each person in this body And in our communities, find a safe place in which we can grow our relationship with you and with your people. May we grow more and more understanding what it is that you have done for us through your son, Jesus Christ. And may we share this good news with others. May your church grow. May your kingdom grow. Continue to gather us in as your people. And we pray this only in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.